It is football at four time here. Scott Jackson Show, Priority Autosports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. Our pleasure right now to bring in via the Valley Who's guest line our weekly visit with Dr. Wood Seelig from Old Dominion, athletic director as uh, – we are getting really serious into spring sports as the winter sports are, are getting close to an end. Wood, it is that time where you know everything's kind of overlapping one another once again. It, it's uh, it's a great time of year, Scott. I love the when the fall and winter merge, and you get both fall and winter sports. I also like it when the winter and spring collide because one, it means you're coming out of the really bad weather and you're getting ready to hit the nice spring and summer weather ahead. And I really we have some great spring sports at ODU. Obviously, baseball has been performing at a very high level, and they open up uh, on Friday. This coming Friday, hard to believe baseball season opens on February the 16th, but we'll be opening. It's supposed to be a really nice afternoon, 50-some degrees. We have George Washington University coming in from Washington, D.C. for three games, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So looking forward to that, ODU has uh, hit over 100 home runs in each of the last three seasons. So a lot of fun to watch. Great baseball program led by Chris Finwood, who's from Hampton, Virginia, and went to VMI. So looking forward to another good baseball season from, from ODU. And then both our men and women's tennis teams are already performing indoors at a very high level, and they'll be moving to their outdoor season very soon along with lacrosse and golf and rowing and our other outdoor sports for the spring. Yeah, looking forward to talking to uh, Coach Finwood tomorrow. Um, pick sixth in the conference, I mean, th- that is not bad. I mean, the Sun Belt is a very challenging baseball conference, and I, I think, obviously, that was part of the attraction for, for you guys, right, when, when you made the move over from Conference USA. There are 32 baseball conferences in the country at the Division One level, and the Sun Belt historically sends – four or five teams out of 14 every year to the NCAA baseball tournament. So it's one of the top three or four conferences in the country as far as NCAA bids to the baseball postseason. So arguably you could say that Sunbelt Conference, at least in baseball, is a power five conference because we are one of the elite five out of 32 conferences in the country. And it's it's a, a great baseball conference to watch. And we'll be bringing in some outstanding top 10, top 15 programs over weekends for the Sunbelt Conference play. But then we also challenge ourselves. I, I really respect that about Coach Finwood. We're going to play UVA three times. They're a top 20 program. We'll play East Carolina twice. They're always top 20, top 25. So we get very aggressive with our non-conference scheduling, which is a little bit contrary because a lot of coaches, if they're in really good leagues and they know, well, gosh, I'm going to get a, a steady diet of top 20, top 25 programs throughout the league, why do I need to go get any more in the non-conference schedule? Coach Finwood doesn't shy away from that, and we've got a great non-conference schedule to match our conference schedule within the Sunbelt Conference. All right, there's been a, a lot of noise lately about, uh, you know, with, with all the conference changes and things to maybe look at uh, expanding the NCAA basketball tournament. And, of course, uh, you know, going to 68 for some was a little too big. But at the same time, there are 362 Division One teams. And when you do the math, it's not a real high percentage that uh, get to play uh, in the big postseason tournament. Uh, wh- what do you think the, the chances are of it happening? And is it something that uh, you'd be open to see happening? I would love to see it happen. I think uh, for years I've been a proponent 
of the men's basketball tournament expanded field. For the longest time, we, we sat at 64. And, you know, I think 85, it moved from 32 to 64. I can't remember the exact year. But as you said, there are now over 362 Division One programs. When we landed on 64, there were probably just barely over 300 Division One schools. Now we've had you know, a 20 to 25% increase in Division One participation, and we haven't expanded the field, but by four opportunities. So 68 is not enough when you have 362 schools that are competing for postseason play. Now, I, I would be very much against if we expand it, and for some reason all the extra opportunities wind up in the ACC, SEC, Big Ten, Big Twelve, you know that yeah. that's where Trust. many of the proponents are saying, "Well, you know, we got good teams that aren't making it." Well, I'm sorry if you're the ninth or tenth team in the ACC, you might not be, uh, you know, better than the top team in uh, the the Sun Belt or the A10 or pick your other conference. So I, I think if it, if expansion happens, we need to be careful that it doesn't just automatically wind up in the, quote, power five, power six leagues. And I've heard that if expansion happens that, you know, how it went from 64 to 68 with four teams going to Dayton in advance of the weekend play, you might see that concept repeat itself in some other locations around the country. So maybe you go from 68 to 72 or 76 or even 80 with some of those pods of four that are played elsewhere that kind of play into the other 64. I think it should go to either 96 or I think it should go to 128. Uh, you could, if you go to 128, you're talking one extra week. You could shorten the season, the regular season. You could have your conference championships a week earlier because, you know, the back of the NCAA men's basketball tournament is up against the Masters on CBS. Yeah. So we can't go, can't go any later than this year, April 6th, 8th, because the next weekend TV contracts dictate that the Masters takes precedence. So we can't back it into April. We'd have to move it forward. But we've moved the college basketball season so far. We're starting in, in late October, early November. So we can end the season early enough to accommodate a postseason of 128, which would double the size of 64 and only take one more week to get you down to the 64 that would have been starting at that time should we start the tournament one week earlier. When I was a grad student, I, I did a dissertation for my, or my, my thesis for graduate school that the NCAA should include all Division I schools in the postseason, and you would seed them and place them geographically, and it'd be like the Indiana High School basketball tournament where everybody plays for the regular season for seeding for that tournament, and then it'd be like the Indiana State High School tournament, which is what Hoosiers was based on when you have the major upset of a small school winning the state of Indiana high school basketball tournament. I even called John Wooden, believe it or not. His number was in the Los Angeles directory. I called <laughs> 411, and I got John Wooden's phone number, and I called him on the phone. He picked up the phone and gave me an hour of his time wow. to explain how he would how he would organize an entire NCAA Division One basketball tournament that included every school in Division One in that postseason event. Wow. So he was for expansion, including everyone. He was. Wow. He was a proponent. He would, he, he, if, 
if had he probably been a little bit younger with a little bit more energy and still coaching, you know, no telling where yeah. if with his leadership where we might be today with that concept. I think right now, if I did the math right, we're we're like at nineteen percent of the teams that get in, you know, with with the number of three sixty two. Uh, in the 68. So it's not a great percentage, certainly different than, uh, you know, the college bowls have obviously increased over the years. It seems like there's room for it, but I know there's also a group, uh, a loud group that has no time to see, uh, hear about it, but uh, we'll we'll find out if they can move it forward at some point. I do know there's TV contract things to think about as well. I wanted to get a few minutes on the women's uh, game tonight. Obviously, they're they're taking on Coastal. Then they have a big one on Saturday against Marshall, Uh, but they've had a very good season so far, uh, fourth in the conference, uh, and a very deep team and obviously a team that really has picked it up defensively. Yeah, we're fourth in the Sunbelt Conference. We're one game out of second. So we are are vying for the conference regular season championship. And then obviously we want the conference tournament championship and the automatic to the NCAA. So, you know, February is the month you want your team playing their best in college basketball. And Delisha Milton-Jones has this team performing at a very high level we've, we've won our last three in a row we're, we're coming back home tonight valentine's day for a 6 30 tip off against coastal so another chance to build some momentum as we kind of reach the end of the regular season and prepare for our conference championship and finally obviously the men's team i mean they've been they've been putting up some good efforts but just not getting the results it's been a tough year you know obviously on and off the floor just kind of how do you assess it as you watch what, what's been going on with the men's program this year I assess it not in wins and losses, but in how our student athletes and coaches are going about doing their business. And we are competing hard. We have not given up. Uh, we faced a lot of adversity and a lot of, a lot of young men and a lot of coaches would just be mailing it in at this time. And you wouldn't see a hundred percent effort from tip off to the, the final shot. Uh, but that's not what we have been this year. Uh, we've been you know, absolutely resilient, and we have been driven, and we've, we've just been heartbroken at the end of several games, sadly. Uh, but we continue to, to give what we ask all of our athletes to give, and that's a championship effort each and every day. And our fans, goodness gracious, we are leading the Sunbelt Conference in attendance. And, you know, it's inversely proportional to the place that we are in the standings for for men's basketball. The standings of attendance, ODU, is ranked solidly number one. So I think that is a great reflection of the type of support and commitment that ODU basketball fans throughout Hampton Roads provide each and every night we play in Chartway Arena. Yeah, no doubt. They have been uh, very supportive in Chartway. That has been nice to see. All right, Wood Sealing, it's always good talking to you. We will we'll do it again next week. Appreciate it, as always. All right, Scott. Have a good one. See you soon. Uh, see you soon. Uh, Wood Sealing, Old Dominion Athletic Director with us here, Scott Jackson, Show Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. We're brought to you by Larry King Law. All right, we are uh, brought to you by Larry King Law. Uh, more information coming out of Kansas City. Uh, they're shooting at the uh, Chiefs Super Bowl parade that uh, – one person is dead. Uh, ten people shot. Three are considered in critical uh, condition. The two of the shooters, I believe, they believe it was just two shooters, right? That's the that's the current report. Um, yeah. We're taken into custody. Uh, there is some video that I've shared on the X that uh, shows uh, essentially the crowd tackling one of the shooters and holding him down for police to come by and grab him, uh, which was uh, obviously uh, 
helpful, needless to say. All right, some more information as that comes along, we'll get it to you. Um, on the X at Jackson Sports today's uh, Dominion Floor Covering poll question of the day. Uh, it is uh, now that the NFL season is over, what are you looking most forward to? So we, we gave you the three things that rate the highest that are coming up recently. Then we have this little thing called other where you can then fill in the blanks for us, you know, things that you care about. Um, so free agency in the NFL was number one by a lot right now, 45.8%. March Madness, <clears throat> which comes up uh, about a week after, uh, 22.9%. Baseball season at 20.8%. And the others reply below. We've gotten you know people talking about the Masters clearly, uh, which is in April. Uh, NASCAR uh, as well. Dave Strickland wanted me to have that as an option. I explained to him I would have to have F one first because it actually rates a lot higher than NASCAR does these days, and I wasn't going to put that on there either. Because you know what, the combine will outrate half of the things that I listed. That pro- is true. The combine will have better ratings than the NCAA tournament. Let's be honest. Um, anyway, baseball. My man Dave in the uh, Cajun country says Major League Baseball opening day, Final Four Masters, all within 10 days and two weeks. Um, my man Nick Popejoy says, can I have a split? March Madness with no dog in the hunt, but ODU Baseball is going to be awesome to watch this year. Um, what is Cro- uh, Pro Kabaddi League? What is that? That's I have what no The idea. other Brian in Chesapeake says, uh, finals at the end of February. I'm going to need more on that. Uh, pro Kaibadi. I don't even know what that is. I have no idea. I'm going to take is. a chance and Google this. Yeah, I'm too. I'm a little afraid to see what it might be. Me too. It's a game. Oh, it's like, um, okay, it's a game. It is a contact game sport between two teams of seven players originating from ancient India. Oh, so he's showing off. Like, yeah, hey, I'm not going to. He didn't say cricket or anything, but he went somewhere. Okay. Okay, fascinating. I felt like I need to see video. Of it fi- it kind of looks. Um, like do they have a ball? Like what are they running around? I'm not from? seeing a ball. I just think it's just like it's like a tackle game, right? Like it's almost like tag, except we're tackling you. Interesting. Okay. Trophy's pretty nice, though. I'll say that. Um, got another vote for NASCAR season from uh, Chris. Uh, how about March Madness in Vegas? Five weeks to go, baby. Yeah. Uh, the draft. Yes, that is end of April. The UFL. You got okay. one UFL vote. Okay. Uh, Tom is voting for the Orioles, which is baseball. I already have that covered, Tom. Come on. Don't be so dang specific. He wants to break it okay. down. Uh, Jeff says the NFL draft the March ma- then March Madness. Okay. But it's in the opposite order. You do understand that, right? Like, it's actually <laughs> March Madness, then the NFL draft. Free agencies before. That's why I put free agency here. I didn't put the stupid combine here, the underwear Olympics. But, you know, I guess you could write that in, too. All right, 757-687-9494, How about the U- the World Cup in the USA? Is that this year? I don't that's a good question. Is that I, don't, 2024? I, don't I don't know if that's this year. Um World Cup. Is that this summer? I don't feel like we just had a World Cup. That was Women's World Cup, right? That's true. So I think it is this summer, 2024. No, it's 2026, dude. That's like a long. You've way got off. nothing to look forward to yes, until twenty twenty six. Twenty twenty six. I mean, let's let's get come a little on, bit more Greg, positive if gonna, there. If you're going to be, you know, jumping in on that. It's like twenty twenty six. You got to have more positivity. Yeah, man, that's like, a Greg. long ways off, right? Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. I feel like we're doing that goofy segment on ESPN now. Yeah, it's like twenty twenty six, man. Come on. You got a lot more to look forward to than that, but I guess if you're a Broncos fan, you don't. Uh, anyway. Oh, hey now, hey now, Broncos country. Yeah, Jimmy just sent me. Um, yeah, uh, man, sending me some more stuff from Kansas City. It's awful. Seven five seven says uh, the NFL Combine is the most exciting thing for right now. 
Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't think the combine's very exciting, but it, to each, you know, everybody can get into it. I like really the stories that come out of the combine more than the actual, hey, dude's running fast, straight line, which never happens in the NFL. No, the, never. I mean, never happens in an NFL game where a guy gets to start like a track athlete and run in his shorts and a t-shirt. It never happens, you know? 40 times is such an overrated uh, stat. Jim in Norfolk says Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, that's a ways off, though. That's like June. But yeah, that's there. I mean, I didn't even mention the NBA playoffs either, which I do enjoy way more than the regular season. Maybe he means Olympics. Yeah, I think you might be right. I think he might mean Olympics. Um, hey, Scott, did I hear that Daryl Tapp is going to be the commanders? Um, the same Daryl Tapp that played high school in Chesapeake a few years ago. So, uh, hi, Mark, for the 757. Great uh, show listening to you guys stuck in traffic on the way home, Interstate 64. There you go. Yes, Tim, it is. Same exact Daryl Tapp as you mentioned before, uh, Deep Creek Zone, and yes, Hokey. So it is exciting to see that. And Daryl was, was on the tech staff, what I, what I figured out, 2020, right? Yep. Yeah. Summer Olympics. Yes, okay, that's what it is. It's not the, it's not the World Cup. It's Summer Olympics this year. Yeah. Summer, I'll take that. I'll yeah. take that. Yeah, it's Summer Olympics. By the way, somebody also, uh, this is Greg and Gloucester, says, hey, man, not to mention that Wilkes lost Greenlaw in a freak injury at halftime. I'm at Steve Wilkes getting fired today Yeah, by the 49ers. Good point. Very true. Very true. 973 says there's some good UFC pay-per-views over the next three months. I'll take your word on that. Um, <laughs> if you're a UFC person, then... I'll, I'll take your word on that. So so here's the thing. we The wrestling yeah. people always come out in the woodwork, and nobody's said WrestleMania yet. No, no. Well, I mean, I think we're also trying to keep it at real sports and not like scripted stuff. You just, But you know they're going to come out and say it anyway. Of course, they're going to tell me the Super Bowl is scripted. Uh, <laughs> Matt, Mike in Williamsburg says, for soccer, it's the men's national team is Copa America this summer, three games in the United States in late June. Yeah, that's different than the World Cup, right? Yes. A lot different. Yeah, uh-huh. I, I do. I do, Yeah, that is way different. I think they have a FedEx field friendly uh, at some point, too. I saw some news I love those friendlies. Got to get the friendlies in. Um, here's a good one. Um, oh, no, that's something different. Yes, UFC 300 and WrestleMania. Told you. See, there you go. You knew it. You called it. WrestleMania oh, in he's, Philly. He's going. Oh, he's going to WrestleMania nice. in Philly. Yeah, I would total. I would go. Yeah. I would absolutely go. By the way, uh, Greg Gloucester says free and, to, and then in hopes we offload Russell Wilson. Greg was trying to make trade offers. Uh, or was that I Brian offered, I offered him Andrew Wiley. Oh, you offered him Andrew I Wiley. Did. Yeah, a bunch he of people trying to offer trades to the commanders for Russell Wilson. Get out of here with that Ru- Russell Wilson stuff. Yeah, I don't no, want. I don't want to hear it. That's a you. hard pass. All right, so here's something I heard um, secondhand. One of these deals that an idea for the Chicago Bears, who are the number one overall pick. That potentially um, they could do. Apparently, Jeff Saturday, the former Colts coach, uh, ESPN uh, TV analyst, said on uh, one of the shows yesterday, he thought the Bears should draft Caleb Williams, but yet still keep, still keep Justin Fields and have Justin Fields start the season kind of like a la, you know, Pat Mahomes year one in Kansas City with Alex Smith as a starter. Here's the problem. Like, Justin Fields is still learning the position himself. Like, why would he want to stay there just to be a one-year crash test dummy for the young rookie that's behind him? That makes number one, number one, it makes no sense for Justin Fields. Number two, Justin Fields is not Alex Smith. It's not going to benefit Caleb Williams to follow around Justin Fields, who's still trying to figure it out himself. I mean, we don't even know if he, what he is in the NFL. Right now, he's a guy that doesn't look like he knows how to play the position properly. So why would that be helpful? I mean, if you're going to do something like that, 
then go out and get, you know, get a Russell Wilson for a couple of seasons or somebody, you know, and then put him behind it. I mean, do that. That would make more sense than saying, yeah, you're just going to put him behind Justin Fields. No. And, and Justin Fields, you know, is not going to play well enough for them to keep the, oh, you, you're going to sit Caleb Williams your entire season conversation from stop happening. So it makes zero sense. And I get it. We all say stuff. I, I've opened microphone before. I say a lot of dumb stuff on the air. I'd be the first to admit it. But that was just a, of like the, the list of terrible ideas. That's right there. Oh, yeah. That's up there. Again, if it was a guy like an Alex Smith that was like a uh, you know seasoned quarterback that had been around, that's why I say Russell Wilson would make sense. But not Justin Fields. He's trying to learn the position himself, still trying to figure out if we're still trying to figure out an evaluation of this guy, if he's really an NFL quarterback or not. Or if he's just a, you know, a guy that uh, is never going to be able to develop fully uh, into the position. So, no, that's insanity. Do you want him mentoring your next quarterback right, in any point. way, shape, or form? No, and he doesn't want to do that, nor should he have to. Because, like I said, he's still trying to learn it, trying to figure it out. And then it would feel so temporary for him. Like, oh, yeah, we're, hey, don't worry, uh, Justin. We're going to go ahead and draft Caleb Williams, but we're going to let you be the quarterback this year. He's like, well, thanks a lot. You know, he's <laughs> like, go out here and for what? You know, doesn't make any sense. So. I feel like you need to make it to your second contract before right. you're able to mentor right. anybody. Right, exactly. So it's silly. No, they're not going to do that. And you got to. And by the way, you got to strike where the iron's hot. Because if you think Justin Fields is never going to be anything more than what we've seen to this point, or you know maybe the ceiling's not as high, you want to trade him now before he shows that. Because you want to get value out of him. And there mm-hmm. are teams. Look, there are teams. Atlanta. Uh, you know, there's always been this rumor about Pittsburgh, whoever that would probably give you something for him. Uh, so yeah, I mean, take it while you can and bring in the young guy. But if you want to sit a guy for a year, I don't have a problem with it. Just go with. You know, again, a actual veteran, like, you know, somebody they can play. I mean, they, the Bears have a ton of cap space. They could go get a veteran quarterback to play, you know, Caleb Williams behind. But I don't think Caleb Williams, frankly, needs that. I think Caleb Williams actually just needs to play and to get comfortable uh, playing as quickly as possible. Even Ron Rivera was smart enough to get Jacoby Brissett. Right. That that tells you all you need to do. But know. he wasn't smart enough to let him to compete that for the job. That is a good point. Or play that is in a meaningful good point. minutes. All right. 757-687-9494. All right. Very interesting stuff. Tom Brady has revealed. I mean, look. We all knew there were not it was trouble in paradise. Uh but Tom Brady on the Netflix, it's not Netflix, it's a Apple thing coming up called Dynasty. Right. Reveals how bad things were with he and his old boss. We'll get to that coming up next. Scott Jackson's your Priority Auto Sports Radio. 94.1, we are brought to you by Larry King Law. Injured in an accident. Call 757-INJURED. 757-INJURED. James Witham, Scott, your sports center. All right, welcome back. Scott Jackson show here. Uh, we're here till 6 tonight. Uh, women's basketball, Old Dominion in Coastal Carolina. Uh, the airtime will be at 6. So we are uh, cutting out a little bit early. Uh, but at 5 o'clock, we'll get into What's Your Rank Wednesday. With it being Valentine's Day, to get in the spirit, we decided to do the top sports divorces of all time. You know, again, this isn't like, um, you know, Andre Agassi divorces uh, Brooke Shields. Were they married? I'm I'm just making this up. I think they they were together. I don't know if they they were actually married. married. I don't know. Anyway, we'll just, or or Tom and Giselle, to be more current. Uh, It's not like that. It's more like, you know, divorces between franchise (laughs) and player and uh, franchise and cities in some cases. And anyway. Um, you know, they're, they're, anyway, you get the point. It's not really, you know, relationship de- necessarily. Speaking of relationships, there was a bad one in New England for many, many years uh, between uh, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. But we didn't know. We didn't know. 
for a long time. And even to this day, Tom Brady on the record has been very generic Tom Brady, yep. very corporate-y about it. And Friday, the 10-part uh, documentary called Dynasty is coming out. And I believe this is an Apple TV thing, correct? Apple Plus, yes. I think so, yeah. Uh, very lengthy docu- documentary with two episodes dropping every Friday for the next five weeks. So this is kind of like... Uh, the Last Dance, like when they dropped that in the middle of the pandemic, which is one of the greatest things ever that happened in the pandemic was Last Dance. Uh, this will be kind of our breath of fresh air in the offseason to see all the dirt on the New England Patriots for all the successful years. So in one of the episodes that has already been previewed by some folks, uh, Tom Brady says, me and Coach Belichick, we did what we uh, loved and competed for 20 years together. But I wasn't going to sign another contract in New England, even if they – even if I wanted to play until I was 50, based on how things had gone, I wasn't going to sign for more of it. So uh, that is a little bit of the tease as to how one Tom Brady felt about uh, his his situation, his relationship with his head coach. Of course, he rose to prominence after the Drew, Bre- Drew Bledsoe injury, uh, and he helped them navigate to three Super Bowls in four years. Uh, of course, you had all the gates, the spy gate, the um, what other gates do we have? Deflate gate and all that other stuff. You had Aaron Hernandez in there. A lot of other, uh, you know, things that happened over the years with the Patriots, the rumors that they were trying to trade Brady and that uh, he wanted Jimmy Garoppolo to be the quarterback. Then that Bob Kraft's now like, no, we're going to trade Garoppolo and we're keeping Brady and how, you know, and in this the little teaser I've seen Bill, you know, there is a lot of this Belichick Brady stuff discussed and a lot of it is centered around, you know, the, con- you know, the, the relationship or the lack thereof and how, you know, Bill Belichick's mindset was everybody, nobody's given anything. Everybody has to earn it. Even a guy who was, decorated as a Hall of Fame player and everybody knew he was going to be a Hall of Fame player and worked his ass off. It wasn't like he was taking shortcuts and was, you know, some acting like some Hollywood celebrity, but in Bill's mind, he wasn't going to coach him any different and he could never back off of that. And clearly Tom Brady did not appreciate that. Anyway, so a lot of this is finally uh gonna be out there um in the atmosphere. But again, Tom Brady's dad has talked about this quite a bit the last couple of years, including what, two weeks ago, a week ago. Yeah, but it was not too long ago. Trashing uh, Bill Belichick when he realized that, um, you know, he wasn't going to be, you know, he was not going to be coaching this year. So anyway, should be interesting. Uh, I mean, I'm watching. I'll I'll tell you that. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. This is going to be must watch. It will be must watch. And, you know, I I think this is something that, that Brady clearly, I, I, does he, you think he has a part of the dynasty thing? Is this like is this one of his productions? Because he's kind of a production guy. Right? I don't know. I don't know. I know that he's got some various deals. I don't know if he has any sort of deal yeah. with with Apple TV Plus, or maybe he's just still kind of a free agent shopping stuff to wherever they'll take it, which would be the smart way to, way to go. So I don't think that he's necessarily married to Apple TV Plus. So this might be you know a chance for him to let loose a little bit. I did see Tom versus Time. Did you ever see that? Um, which was a Facebook watch deal. I did not see that. It was actually pretty good. This was, uh, of course, back when he was still married. Um, and it, it was pretty interesting. Give you a lot of behind-the-scenes look about Tom Brady, the, the, the dude, in addition to, uh, obviously, the, the football player. I thought it was well done. It was a shorter kind of thing. Uh, and I think it was like four or five series, one one of the seasons. And it was it was good because it was off of one of their Super Bowl years, and they really didn't get off to a great start and 
kind of showed his frustration, his relationship with his father uh, throughout. And and this was also at the time where there were rumblings that there was a bad relationship between he and Belichick and his um, trainer, Matt, uh, oh God, what's his name? Uh, Gutierrez, maybe, or something like that. I can't remember the guy's name. That now. sounds right, uh, but Guerrero I don't know. Right. Or something. Anyway, he was, he was um, having to meet Brady, the TB12 guy. Um, he, he had to meet Brady in like a skybox <laughs> at the stadium. Um, so <laughs> he had to do this whole thing in the state. Like in the, he couldn't come. He was no longer Matt, Alex Guerrero. I'm sorry, not Matt, Alex Guerrero. He was no longer allowed to be in the I team I remember facility. this. Yeah, they I remember that. They banned him from like the sidelines and banned him from the locker room area. So Guerrero would have to meet Brady like in a skybox, uh, you know, luxury box at uh, Gillette Stadium. Uh, before games to get his treatments and all this stuff and all the things he did for practice for Brady. So it was really awkward. Like you're watching this and they don't really explain it, but you're seeing it in real time. Like, oh, that's true. Because you had heard like that he was banned and I guess he didn't like that this guy, you know, their methods and what they wanted to do supposedly according to the Belichick side of it was like kind of interfering with what their trainers were actually doing and what they wanted to do. So anyway, it was was weird. I mean, avocado ice cream for everybody or whatever the terrible (laughs) diet was he had, right? Still better than Chip Kelly's smoothies. Yeah, no doubt. And it didn't work for poor Chip. Here's the chubby guy telling you how to eat. You, know, you always got to love that, right? All right, 757-687-9494. Uh, 757-687-9494. So anyway, that starts this Friday. will be interesting to see. But it was smart for Brady to get this out there. Because, look, on Fox next year at some point, they're going to have to kill some time during a game. And somebody, whoever, you know, Burkhart's going to have to – would have to have asked him this at some point. Like, yeah, you think. Talk about quarterback coaching relationships, and we need to get like a real view of it, not the sanitized Tom Brady answers that we've gotten all for so many years. Yeah, and I never understood why he did that as long as he did. Like, once he left New England, what right. was holding him back from being honest? Right. I, I guess it would look like, I don't know, it was gratuitous at that point. Like, I think the think the re- the scoreboard was showing right. Like, I think the scoreboard was proving his point at that at that juncture, and then when he wins the Super Bowl. Like, what more is there really to say? You know what I mean? I think, I think, in a sense, he took a very corporate high road, like, uh, you know, and went that route. And it's like, nothing needs to be said here. Came back this year, you know, was treated like a king um, before their game with, with the, you know, the whole retirement ceremony and all that kind of stuff. So maybe that's why, you know, maybe, maybe he just didn't want to. Could be. You know, plus out of respect probably for, for Kraft, like, why I hit that hornet's nest. You know what I mean? Could be, yeah. You know, and the guys that are still there. I actually think. You know, look, all of us have probably had somebody in our life, in our in our in our work life, that drove us. You know, like we didn't oh, like. Sure. You know, it was a boss. For and we thought sure, he was a jackass, yeah. and you wanted to say everybody. You wanted everybody else to know that he was that person. <laughs> and you wanted to share it with the world. Uh-huh. And you know, some of us have, <laughs> and others have not. And maybe Brady just thought, I think I'll be the high road guy, and not do that. And good for him for being able to do that because I. I in some cases, have not always been able to been able to control myself to do that with with uh, past uh, work situations. This, so. we might, I might need these stories off here. <laughs> it's off air. So anyway, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so good for Brady. All right, Steve Spagnola has some news today. The defensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs, and uh, we'll get to that coming up and wonder what else could be on the other side of that deal. Plus, uh, the top. Sports divorces of all time here on Valentine's Day. That's how we roll. We'll get to that coming up at the 5 o'clock hour. Scott Jackson, Share Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. Injured in an accident. Call 757-INJURED. 757-INJURED.
All right, welcome back. Uh, today, the uh, Chiefs held their victory parade. There was a shooting there, and uh, Kansas City police currently are um, briefing the media. And, um, James, you've been able to listen to this because obviously I'm in the studio talking here. I can't hear all of it. But uh, they're essentially saying that the two people involved – uh, there were two shooters. Maybe they were uh, shooting at one another, and obviously people got hit in the crossfire, including one that has died. Uh, and I guess is it ten injuries? Is that uh, ten people were shot overall? Ten, the- now they're saying ten to fifteen injured oh, wow. at the shooting at Union Station. One per one oh. of those has died. Three in critical condition at this point. And they didn't come out and say right. necessarily that it was just two people shooting at each other. They haven't really. I mean, so early in the investigation, I don't even know how you could make that determination. Right. But it certainly that seems like the early implication was that this was not something that was that was planned or anything of that nature. It was just two two idiots. No. For lack of a better way of putting it, you know? No, that's a really good way to put it. Um, so that's that's awful. Uh, awful news. So again, it should be celebrations. should be hanging with fans. You know, people get together, different different backgrounds, and, and celebrate the team they all, you know, cheer for together on the weekends at Kansas City Chiefs. Instead, you got something like this happening. I have seen the video multiple times on the X, and I've shared it at Jackson Sports with the uh, – what appears to be people in the crowd tackling one of the shooters and holding them down until uh, the police can come over and uh, cuff the person. And you can actually see the person being disarmed by the fans yeah, before the right. police even get there. Exactly. That was That's pretty wild, right? I mean, whew, that, that is incredible to see. Uh, that's off to them, man. Yeah, no kidding. Because, you, you know, like, like people talk about this all the time. What would you do in a situation like that? Yeah. I mean, and there's... Sadly, there's, there's, you know, in a lot of cases, there's no wrong answers. You know, you take, duck for cover, you grab your family and hold them tight and hope, you know, get for cover. But in this case, these people see this guy running by the gun and they take him out. I mean, you know, good for them. They no doubt. Held the police out and it looks like they had controlled the situation right after that point. Because at the other end, they show the video when they pan out that they had the other custo- the other uh, shooter in custody yep. uh, as well. But man, whew, what a disaster. Uh, it's a sad day. Uh, and again, victory parade of the chiefs here and they knew it was going to be big it had a lot of police presence there clearly because they were able to handle it you know pretty fast they'd even said that they had that federal law enforcement was also part of the the part yeah. of the force that was there as well you got a crowd that size i mean just like there's a lot of things that you got to be a little leery and weary of uh, scary stuff all right um so the other news today besides the chiefs parade and obviously this horrific news about the shooting was the team announced that defensive coordinator Steve Spagnola has received a contract extension, which is certainly uh, music to Chiefs fans' ears uh, to hear that today. Guy, again, has been uh, a brilliant defensive coordinator. All three of the four, or all three of the Chiefs winning Super Bowls, and all four of the Super Bowls for that matter. He's been the DC. Uh, he signs an extension. Uh, now, you know, the question, of course, is. is is this guy, you know, is is he part of the plan maybe for when Andy Reid steps aside, if that happens? I mean, Andy Reid, again, I, I don't know why he would right now as long as he's in good health. And, you know, Big Red, as they call him, seems to be enjoying himself. And Spags is 64. You know, he's not young either. I mean, right, he's around right. the age of Andy Reid. But it would be interesting because it doesn't seem like there's an obvious replacement for Andy Reid in the organization right now. I mean, I know there was some discussion at one point about Nagy, um, uh, you know, again, his time in Chicago wasn't the best, but he didn't have Pat Mahomes there either. So, right. I mean, it could be different. We'll, I guess we'll see as time moves on. But right for now, they don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. But, you know, there's been some really good breakdowns since the Super Bowl and the things that uh, Spagnola did to 
young Brock Purdy to kind of scramble the poor guy's brain, faking the blitzes and, and bringing them the other directions. As many free runners they had going at the quarterback, it was unheard of. I think it was like eight or nine is the number. That's just not normal. So Mm-mm. it shows you how crossed up they had the 49ers. There's one cut-up I've seen where Shanahan's screaming is that big third down. He wanted that they got stopped on and they have to set up the field goal. Where he wanted him to go to McCaffrey over the middle and, but the Chiefs sucker him into thinking to come the other way. I think it's Ayuki's trying to get it to, but the ball gets batted. Um, it might have got to him too. I mean, the co- although the coverage pretty tight, but you know that's they had so many batted balls, so many things, and he just gets the people in the right position. And all these players can't say enough good things about him. And what a genius, mad scientist he is. He's been with Reed for eight years between the Eagles and now uh, with the uh, Chiefs, and it has been. Uh, really a match made in heaven, frankly, for uh, for Andy Reid. Because he got there in 2019 um, and was, again, the coordinator on all these championship teams now with the, with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. You want to talk about somebody that went and revived his career. Yeah. Steve Spagnuolo certainly did that. I mean, he's, t- he took some, he's taken some heat, too. He certainly had some times where his defenses were, were quite leaky as well. But he always seemed to find a way to ratchet it up when it mattered most, that postseason run, you know, in December and January and into February, he always seemed to find a way to get that unit to play their best football when it mattered the most. And, you know, (laughs) when it's all said and done, isn't that what matters? Wouldn't you rather be at your best at the end of the season, especially if you're going to be in it like the Chiefs have been? So, yeah, just very, very smart to get them to keep him around as much as possible. No doubt. Um, 757-687-9494-94-757-687-94-94 text line, uh, Ballyhoo's phone line as well. Uh, Coming up again in the next hour, we will get to What's Your Rank Wednesday, the divorce edition, sports divorces, the all-timers. We will do that uh, with you coming up. Uh, somebody had uh, just – it's interesting on the day that Spagnuolo gets the extension early this morning, then, of course, he found that Steve Wilkes has been fired. I found this stat to be very telling. And this is why I say – why I said it earlier. And, again, this is just just through um, experience, not, not that I know anything to be true to this, never heard anything about it. But, you know, sometimes these firings aren't just based off of results. You know, there's more to it. There's working relationships. Right. There's things behind the scenes that – you know, why they make these kind of decisions because, you know, as well as the 49ers defense performed in the Super Bowl, there were several weeks before that when they did not uh, perform so great. You know, they were put them in a lot of tough spots uh, in those two playoff games. But I'd also point out their offense didn't exactly come out firing on all cylinders in the playoffs either. Very true. Uh, the Super Bowl was the first time their offense had actually got off a good start. That being said, they had zero points to show for it after the first quarter. They moved the ball up and down the field and got nothing for it, one of which, of course, was stopped by a fumble by Christian McCaffrey. He was having a sensational game, but that mistake was costly. But anyway, here's the stat I saw from the Associated Press is Josh Dubois says, 49ers held Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs to 19 points in regulation. Uh, Steve Wilkes' final game as a defensive coordinator. That's the third fewest Chiefs have scored in 18 career playoff games than Mahomes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and he got fired. So, again, I got to think that um, a lot of that has has to do with th- this decision was probably made prior to the Super Bowl, that this was the lean. Uh, seven of the points, of course, came off of that, you know, the, the, the awkward fumble off the punt that hit off the back, the, the blocker's leg that gave them the short field on the 16 yard line or whatever it was and they scored on the very next play so that is uh amazing but as we've pointed out here before 
Um, <laughs> it wouldn't be the first Sh- Shanahan. <laughs> it wouldn't be the first Shanahan to throw a defensive coordinator under the bus. Uh-huh. Won't be the first. Yep. Wouldn't be the first. <laughs> All right, 757-687-9494, All right, what's your rank Wednesday? Coming up again uh, on the other side. We'll also uh, update the poll question uh, for you right now before we do that at on the X at Jackson Sports at ESPN Radio 941. Dominion Floor Covers questions. Now that the NFL season is over, what are you looking forward to the most? Free agency, March Madness, baseball season, other reply below. And right now, free agency is killing it uh, on the NFL, 45.4%. March Madness, 22.3, followed by baseball season at 20.8. Although it is the order, like, of things, right? Like, that is actually the the chronological order about what's about what to happen. So maybe people are not looking too far ahead. Which is never, you know, never a bad thing. That's fair. That's fair. If you're trying to just take it, hey, man, I'm day to day. I'm week to week and all that stuff. That's how you're going. All right, coming up, what's your rank Wednesday? We're sports divorces in history. We'll get to it. We'll give you our best five here on the other side. Scott Jackson, Joe Priority on Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King. Well, injured in accent. Call 757-INJURED. 757-INJURED. James Witham has your sports center. <laughs> 